Hello, dear listener, and welcome to episode 5 of the Nope Too Creepy podcast. I'm your host, Dan David. This episode will feature two stories that are perfect for the Thanksgiving holiday. We begin with the morbid memory of a man who may just choose you for his main course this Thanksgiving. Written by Reddit user Robot Vampire. Enjoy the tale of Hungry Howard. Everyone loves a good story. After all, words can be an impossibly beautiful and fluid paint that splashes on the canvas of our imagination. A good storyteller can use their voice as a paintbrush, using a different tone like an artist would use a different color. When the storyteller starts to paint you a personal picture only you can see, you'll have it with you forever. It's a gallery you can always stroll down and admire anytime. When you're in love, just gander at the Romeo and Juliet piece framed in tragedy. Appreciate the intense and romantic strokes the artist used to paint a love story. When life is vapid or lacking adventure, you can always let your eyes drink in the Treasure Island piece that boasts vibrant and exciting colors. And when you're feeling alone or vulnerable, I hope you think of a story my stepdad told me. I hope you think of Hungry Howard. Most of the people I know enjoy stories when they have a little bit of truth to them. I mean, that makes them more exciting, right? Knowing that it actually could happen. Just that little dash of truth brings a pulse to the words you hear or read. Unless, of course, you're one of the main characters. My dad died when I was young. Very young. I wasn't even sure how to wipe my own ass when he drowned. Well, a few too many beers on a fishing trip later, and my mom was a widow. She eventually met my stepdad and got married seven months later. Bryce was your typical try-hard replacement dad. He would always try to make an effort to bond with me when my mom was present, offering to throw the old pigskin around and other annoying shit. But when it was just he and I, silence filled the room like smoke from 20 old dude cigars on poker night. It was a complete turnaround from how he acted in front of my mom. His voice was warm and a little too pleasant. He wore his voice in a way, the same way he wore his modest polo and jeans combo. Seriously, that's all the dude wore. Polo and jeans. The only thing that really stood out on him was his gold watch. It was so beautiful and ornate that at one point I honestly thought it belonged to the Pope. He had a bad habit of losing it. He would often tear the house apart in a panic if it went missing. I remember one time I found it while he was throwing the couch cushions across the living room. It was adorned with gold and rubies in a way that reminded me of a bleeding sky at sunset. Underneath the watch was two letters, H.H. 
I walked up to Bryce and handed him the watch when he quickly snatched it away from me without so much as a thank you. I asked him what HH meant. He gave me a stern stare, but I could see amusement radiate behind his stoic gaze. Hungry Howard, he told me. Who's Howard? And why is he hungry? My ten-year-old self asked. Bryce let a smirk slither across his face. Hungry Howard is a monster, son. He lives in the woods just behind our house. Monsters aren't real. Oh, yes. Yes, they are. He said in a voice draped in darkness. What does he look like? Bryce stood silent for what felt like a solid 20 minutes. He has one giant hand and a mouth that's almost too big for his head. Do you want to know what he uses his giant hand for? Yeah. He snatches up children who wander off alone near the woods. He said as he grabbed my shoulder with his right arm. Then he drags you, letting all the sticks and rocks cut your face and head back to his lair. Then he crushes you until you're nothing but red pudding with bits of bone sticking out. He uses his normal hand to pick pieces of you out of his giant hand and eats until he throws up. After he throws up, he keeps eating. His grip became so tight that I winced. A question sat in the back of my throat. I swallowed it. Why do you have his watch? That was really the only time we talked when my mom wasn't in the same room. Of course, I had nightmares about Hungry Howard for a few weeks. And, of course, I was too afraid to play in the backyard since it was right next to the woods. But, eventually, I became a kid again and played in the backyard like all kids do. That is until one of the boys from my school went missing. Bryce religiously watched the news after dinner for an hour. One night, the newswoman talked about one of the kids I knew. AJ. He hadn't been at school for a couple of days, and I guess he hadn't been home for a few days either. Bryce turned the TV off right after the news story. He looked at me and smiled just before he whispered, Hungry Howard. Again, the nightmares came back, but I wasn't afraid to go in the backyard. It was worse than that. I was curious. I stared at the wood line for a good 15 minutes before I stepped in. The trees towered over me and I felt as if they were staring, telling me I wasn't welcomed in their home. I continued slowly through the woods and quickly got lost. I wandered for what must have been hours before a smell bit me like a coiled snake. It was like rotting meat that sat in a dumpster through the heat of day. That's when I saw sheets draped over branches, 
They looked like they used to be white, but were turning yellow with deep brown stains towards the bottom. The smell intensified with each step. Eventually, I had to put the collar of my shirt over my nose. My hot breath almost drowned me. I heard sporadic and furious buzzing from inside. I gripped one edge of the crusty sheet and pulled open the makeshift tent. A cloud of flies rushed out, almost as if they were afraid of what was inside too. Once I was able to see what was inside, my stomach dropped. Rope loosely laid on a ground caked in brown crust. A large pile of meat was pushed to one corner and an assortment of blades were pushed to another. A large, oblong object sat neatly on a shitty wooden table. In the center of it all was a chair in the shape of a hand, covered in blood and chunks of meat. Propped next to it was a rusty sledgehammer. My eyes felt dry and heavy as they traveled to the thing on the table. Staring at me was a cartoonishly large mask. It was like a lumpy beach ball with stitching snaking its way all around. The eyes were dark and hollow and the mouth looked like it was supposed to be smiling but was uneven and stretched extremely taut at one corner. To the right of the mask was an apron and gardening gloves covered with the same brown crust. To the left was something shiny. I remember it shining despite the gentle warm haze the sun made as it shined through the sheet. I instantly knew what it was. A watch. I picked it up and turned it upside down even though I knew what was going to be on the underside. Sure enough, H, H. I gripped it tight and turned around to run out of the tent before I saw another pile behind me. It was a pile of meat and hair that wore permanent grimaces. The heads were stacked without care or caution. And at the top of it all, AJ. I sprinted out of the tent and lost myself in the woods. I was running, but I didn't know where. After an hour of running, I saw my home. I don't know why I ran in the house. Maybe it was adrenaline. Maybe it was because that's where I always felt safe. I ran in and the kitchen was torn apart. Bryce was digging through the drawers before he stopped and looked at me. His stare was stern and penetrating. His eyes moved down slightly. He smiled. Ah, I see you found my watch. I hope that one gave you the goosebumps you were looking for. Let's cleanse the palate a bit with the story of a family who was mourning the loss of a beloved uncle. 
But, as you soon will see, sometimes the power of love can lead to miracles. Even if that love is just for a delicious Thanksgiving meal. Written by author Laura Teague. Here is Uncle Roy Still Loves Thanksgiving. Uncle Roy has been dead for years, but we still set a place for him every Thanksgiving. Lucky beer glass, plate piled with cornbread stuffing and dark meat, and an extra napkin for a stuffing into the collar of his shirt. Uncle Roy was a big eater, so Thanksgiving was the day of the year that he could be totally unapologetic about stuffing his face with second, third, and fourth helpings of lard-laden comfort food. He died six years ago, just one week before Thanksgiving. Heart attack. Gone before the paramedics even showed up. Poor Aunt Rose cooked enough leftovers that Thanksgiving to feed an army. Her time-tested recipes overwhelmingly huge without Uncle Roy's appetite there to trim down the volume. It was strange to have him missing from the table when he'd been there just a week before, at his own version of his throne and his little own castle. It felt almost like intruding and the heavy feeling of loss sucked the joy out of the family's most cherished holiday. That night, my mom spent the night at Aunt Rose's house, offering some sisterly support for what had to have been a very rough day. As she tells it, they sat up on the couch until late at night, getting shit-faced on cheap wine, an honored family tradition. As they listen to a generic holiday Pandora station play the same song for the third time, Aunt Rose leaped up with a shriek, her eyes like porcelain dinner plates. Her hand shook violently as it pointed at the sliding glass door behind my mom. It's, it's Roy, she screamed. My mom grabbed her sister by the wrist and tried to yank her back down to the couch, assuming that between the booze, stress, and grief, Aunt Rose had simply mistaken her own reflection in some kind of horrible, be-careful-what-you-wish-for thinking. But instead of sitting back down, Aunt Rose didn't budge even an inch. All she did was let out a painful yelp as my mom accidentally dislocated her elbow. Well, that made my mom start screaming, seeing Aunt Rose's arm dangling limp from her rapidly swelling elbow. It wasn't until Aunt Rose grabbed my mom's face with her still good arm and turned her head sharply to face the window. It really was Uncle Roy. The suit he had been buried in was still in pretty good shape, but the same couldn't be said for the rest of him. Even through the darkness and glare on the window glass, they could tell that he was seeping fluids from all over the place, and his eye sockets no longer held the mischievous twinkle that Uncle Roy had always been known for.
No eyes of any kind, actually. But he still had that same kind of smile, and enough left on his face for the trademark dimple to show, too. Aunt Rose and my mom stood frozen in shock and horror, staring open-mouthed at the well-dressed corpse on the back deck. Uncle Roy raised a hand and knocked gently on the sliding glass door, then gestured at the handle. Neither woman even budged. Uncle Roy shrugged and took a few steps past the door to where the garbage cans were stored on the side of the deck. They heard him rummaging around, tossing the metal can lids against the porch railing. The wooden boards creaked as Uncle Roy shambled back towards the sliding glass door. He held up the bag of turkey gizzards that Aunt Rose had tossed in the trash earlier, then tore the paper packet in half and messily dumped the contents into his mouth. He politely dabbed the corners of his mouth with the damp paper before folding it and tucking it into his pocket. With that, Uncle Roy waved goodbye to my mom, blew a kiss to Aunt Rose, and headed back to where he had come from. Ever since that night, Uncle Roy gets a real plate every year, along with a glass of his favorite beer, set out on a card table on the patio. There's a little less of him every time, but he always brings his smile and his appetite. Well, that was sweet. S sort of. I guess it is a bit comforting knowing they'll see good old Uncle Roy for years to come, even after he's fully decomposed. That should be a treat. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. I wish each and every one of you a wonderful Thanksgiving. I personally am thankful for all the support the YouTube channel is receiving, and to any and all support that this podcast may receive as well. I know we live in a time full of quality horror options to indulge in, so if you chose the Nope Too Creepy podcast, I just want you to know I truly appreciate it. Until next time, everyone, remember to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode.